You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville local lead pastor, Joe Couillard. Well, good morning, church. That was, that was fantastic. Great job, everyone. It is second service. The coffee is flowing, and we are, we are in good shape. Um, I am so excited to be able to be teaching today on a, on a subject, on a topic that I'm, I'm super passionate about. And we've been in this series for the last couple of weeks uh, talking about prayer, but today I'm going, I'm going to be talking about prayer and worship and how prayer and worship are, are very similar. And so um, before we, we jump into all this, though, I think it'd be appropriate. Let's just start off with a quick word of prayer and, um, before we get going with everything, all right? So let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the body of Christ and how amazing it is that we even get the privilege of gathering together. And Lord, I pray that you would be able to open up our, our hearts, our minds. Uh, Father, that we would be able to really take in what you are trying to say to each and every one of us. Lord, I know that this is gonna be communicated in one way, but Lord, I also know that through the power of the Holy Spirit and at work in each and every one of our lives, that God, that you can give us a tailored message that, that fits exactly where we're at. And so, Father, I pray that we would, uh, that through, through your Holy Spirit, that, that your truth would be clear, and that, Father, that we would not just take in information, that, Lord, that we'd be able to take in information and then take action. God, we love you. We honor you. It's in your name we pray. Everyone said, amen, amen. So in the topic of prayer and worship, I, I feel like a lot of times there's um, so much information out there about prayer and worship that it actually makes it incredibly confusing to understand what prayer and worship are. Prayer plays a crucial role in our relationship with God, but also worship plays an integral part of, of how we respond to God. And over the years, I've met a lot of people that, that because of a lack of understanding of prayer and worship, they kind of tended to divide it up into Maybe prayer is that thing that we do before we eat Thanksgiving, you know, meal. Uh, you know, it could be that, that, that maybe that's all prayer is. Or, or maybe worship is that, that really odd thing that we do when we're all together and we start singing together, right? Like maybe it's just those kind of, kind of definitions. But, but the reality is that for me, and I think based on Scripture, prayer and worship have so much more depth to it. And it's necessary to have an active, personal relationship with God. I think, this is the, the reality is, I think that prayer and worship are two sides of the same coin. And a lot of times you, you hear people talking about just prayer or you hear people just talking about worship. But today we're gonna be talking about the similarities between both of these things. Uh, before we d- dive into a discussion though on how prayer and worship are similar, I think it's important to first, I'm, I'm a definitions guy, I, I'm a containers guy, you've heard me say that, like I have to have containers to understand things, right? And so <laughs> for me, I, uh, I think before we dive into a discussion on prayer and worship, I think it's really important to first define what prayer and worship are so that, because there's really so much confusion on the subject. This past summer, um, I, I, some of you guys know this, I've been I've been working on getting my master's degree actually for the last two years. And, um, and so I've been going to Cal, uh, this past summer I went to California and, and all like that to, to finish up some, some of my stuff with residency and all like that. I had a chance to meet 
um, an author by the name of Christopher Morgan. Now, Christopher Morgan, he's one of the, uh, honestly, he's just a brilliant mind. He, he, he wrote a book uh, on theological terms. Great guy, and um, if, if you like reading dictionaries, it's a great book to read. I'm just kidding. Who likes reading dictionaries? Probably Brian Luce likes reading dictionaries. I don't know if he's in here, but Brian Luce would probably like reading dictionaries. But Christopher Morgan, I got a chance to meet him, and he defines prayer this way. Prayer is speaking to God in faith. Now, prayer is speaking to God in faith. In the Bible, we see that prayer takes various forms. Sometimes it is adoration to God. And when I, that, that word, adoration, what, what in the world am I talking about, right? Adoration is just like praise the God, right? Um, other times, it's thanksgiving for blessings. Uh, a piece of prayer that, that honestly, some, I feel like that actually, as Protestants, kind of gets overlooked a lot of times is that a main mechanism for prayer is confession of sin, right? Like we can go to God and confess our sins and we know that, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, right? And cleanse us from um, all unrighteousness, right? But confession of sin is a major part of why we pray. But, but also we pray, I'm gonna say the word intercede, right? That's another kind of fancy word. But we, we pray for others and sometimes we go to God with, with our very own requests, right? But have you ever wondered how to pray? I mean, I know, that, I know this should be kind of a, a basic thing, but I, I actually think that a lot of times because of how basic it is, it kind of gets a little bit muddy, and so people are unsure of what to do, right? Uh, I'm gonna kind of dive into this really quickly and then and just, just hang with me, right? So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? And we know that, that it's not three gods, right? It's God in three persons, right? We understand that being the Trinity, right? So that was the deep dive. We can, we can literally do a, a lot of sermon series on all that. We're not gonna focus on that. But God in three persons, right? You have the Trinity, and they're all, it's all God. So who do you pray to, right? Here's a short answer, if you need, if you need a, a simple explanation. We pray to God the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. We pray to God the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. And when we pray, it is important that we address our prayers to the Father. I, I know even in leading worship, sometimes you, you get done with something and, and you're like, like do, we, do we pray to the Holy Spirit? Do we pray to Jesus? Do we, like, we, we pretty much, we pray to the Father because we see that example set out by Jesus through multiple accounts. When Jesus is praying, he is talking specifically to the Father, right? And we know that it was because of the sacrifice of Jesus that we have the ability to pray to God, right? And we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that's, that's how all that works. But when we address our prayers, we can address, it's okay for us to address our prayers to our dear Heavenly Father, right? Before his death, Jesus told his disciples that he would be leaving and that he would be sending someone even better. And you have to remember, when Jesus was with his disciples, he was 100% God, 100% man, 100% present with his disciples. And so let's say he wanted to, to work with a large group of people. Well, he had to work with physically with a large group of people. But he, Jesus mentions that, that somebody is going to be coming after him, right? And, and that, that, that would even be even better. It's interesting because the one part of the Trinity that I think is always forgotten is actually the Holy Spirit. It, it seems like that some places maybe overemphasize the Holy Spirit, right? And then you go into some contexts, and it's like, 
the Holy Spirit doesn't exist at all, you know? And then we have like horrible understandings of, of who the Holy Spirit is, is. It's like, is it like the force, like with Star Wars? Or is it like, like what, what, how does this all work, right? Um, but the Holy Spirit is God. And we know that the Holy Spirit is our counselor, is our comforter, right? We know that it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are strengthened in faith and enabled to pray to God. Now, this is really cool. Romans 8.26 says this, that even when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in ways that cannot be put into words. And if we find ourselves in a place where we're worried or afraid to pray, I feel like I run into this all the time, that you call on somebody to, to pray for something, right? And they're like, Right, like that, like people clam up because it's it's maybe a nerve wracking thing or something like that. And the the reality is that as followers of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are enabled to pray. And don't make it overcomplicated. Talk to God. Well, I, I, I I'm kind of I'm 40 years old, and so I remember. I remember the church in a lot of different stages of things, right? Like I, I, I remember starting to lead worship and I like had a tie on and a suit. <laughs> and man, how different are things now, right? Like, thank God, right? Because I hate wearing ties, but anyway. <laughs> but how different are things now? And I, I remember like you'd always have, we'll say brother so-and-so, right? And he, brother so-and-so would come up and, and you're like, hey, brother so-and-so, would you, would you mind praying for us? And you hear, let us pray. Dear God, thou, da, 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 and like, like King James stuff and all like that. It's not that that's necessarily, I mean, you can do that if that's your jam, right? But it's, the reality is that most people don't talk like that in normal context, right? And so I think what has happened when it comes to prayer is that we have this, this not correct container that we have to have eloquent language or we have to talk, address God in, in these, these really odd ways but the reality is that it's way more simple than we realize. One, one of the most familiar prayers in Scripture, and maybe one of the most famous prayers in all of Christianity, is the Lord's Prayer, right? Um, and this prayer is found in Matthew, and it's found in Luke. And the early church, they, they actually took both of these texts and merged them into one. And so you ended up with this, this thing called the Lord's Prayer with, it, with kind of this ending at the tail end. And we're, I'm going to go through it real quick because I, it's, it's so great. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I, there, there's two versions of this. One is with updated language. I actually kind of opted for the, the more formal one because I think that's the one that, that honestly most people know. But the reality is that one of the reasons why I love the Lord's Prayer so much is that in Luke's gospel, the disciples come up to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. John's disciples know how to pray. Teach us how to pray, right? And Jesus responds, well, when you pray, pray like this. And so, and then he goes through the Lord's Prayer. What's interesting to me is I, I feel like that over the course of my life, I have just come in contact with so many people that have tried to make prayer so much more complex than it actually needs to be, or made prayer 
um, really un unobtainable for a lot of people. And Jesus, who, by the way, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, lays out this template for how to pray. And I, I think, honestly, I mean, the reality is that if Jesus was here right now, we, we said, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray, Jesus would say, well, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? And so Jesus presents this incredible template for us in how we engage with the Lord. So th this is the reality. If you are fearful in praying or if you're fearful in praying out loud or if you're, or, or you feel like that you have to be, I don't know, like maybe you're bound up with, with these ideas of how prayer has to be, just engage with God. Just talk to God. Like there, there's, a, there's a movie um, or it's actually a, a musical, but Fiddler on the Roof, right? Anyone seen Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah, it's a couple of, couple of us, right? Yeah, hey, <laughs> that's what's up. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I love the interaction between one of the main characters and God and how it's just this, this constant conversation of things. And that is how we are to approach God. You know, we've talked a lot about prayer um, in this one side of the coin, but, but I wanna kind of start transitioning us to talking about worship. Now, I gotta tell you, I legitimately have two years worth of studying in my brain about worship right now. So I'm gonna try to pump the brakes and make sure that you guys are not like hit with a fire hose of information. And so we're, we're asking that the Lord keeps this simple, right? <laughs> but I think when we start talking about worship, I think it's really important to make sure that we have a good definition of what worship is, right? And so here's the best definition I've been able to find. Worship is a dialogue between God and his people, a rhythm of revelation and response. Worship is a dialogue between God and his people, a rhythm of revelation and response. How many of you guys remember, uh, I'm going to show my age here a little bit, how many of you guys remember iTunes, right? Right, yeah, some of you guys remember iTunes. It's now Apple Music, because it's so cool, right? Uh, but we, we, don't, we don't have CD drives anymore, so we don't have iTunes, right? I, I even remember Napster, all right? I, I was in a band once. My, my band actually was on Napster getting ripped off. It was pretty awesome. But uh, <laughs> some of you guys remember what Napster is, right? But iTunes and Apple Music and all these things did not help us in our understanding of what worship is because it was like a genre that you could select as far as a style of music. And a lot of people, like worship for them is only a style of music, right? Um, or maybe worship is that thing that we just did where we kind of are all here together and we're facing a screen and we're, we're singing and all like that. Like maybe, maybe worship is that, but, but the reality is that worship, really in its, in its purest definition, is our response to God. Have, have you ever stopped to think about this, that God, the creator of the universe, the one who like, put the earth in the motion, that set the universe in motion, that placed the stars, that, that put the sun in motion and the moon in motion, that God could have done all of these things and then said, cool, project done, all right, I'm stepping away from it. But instead, God chose to reveal himself to us, which is what a blessing that is, right? In Genesis uh, chapter one and chapter two, we, we not only see God being intentional about every aspect of creation, but we also see him being intentional about his desire to be in relationship with us. 
Genesis chapter two, verse seven says this, that God breathes his breath into mankind, giving us life and revealing himself to us. And how, how amazing is it that the creator of the universe would actually choose to reveal himself to us? Well, pretty much when we start taking in that whole idea of things, that's, that's where worship comes from, is that, is that response to that, right? God teaches us throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament like how to worship, what's appropriate, right? Romans 1.20 says this, it reminds us that through the majesty of creation, we see the invisible qualities of God, his power, his divine nature, and every day when we wake up and we breathe, that, that's an opportunity for us to say thank you to God. Every time we go outside and we see creation, it's an opportunity to be thankful to God and take in his majesty. I, you know, I, I told you guys that I went to California, um, the, actually it was two weeks ago, so <laughs> a lot of life in between there, but two weeks ago I was in California and we were actually driving to the Grand Canyon, went to Gre uh, California, we were driving through Arizona and we were driving and my parents were in front of us and they were, we were kind of doing this caravan thing and I'm driving and I look in the rear view mirror and I see this like amazing sunset. I mean, just like, right? And on the East Coast, we have foothills, we have all kinds of mountains. So you don't really get these like big open spaces, but out there, there's the massive, massive wide open spaces. And so we're driving and I see the sunset and I'm, try I'm, I'm balancing the responsible part of me that, well, I shouldn't interrupt the caravan. But then I'm also saying, well, man, this is a really killer sunset. I mean, this is pretty amazing. And so, so I quickly go, okay, I'm gonna pull over. So we pulled over real quick. I was like, Laura Beth, text my parents, let them know that, that we'll catch up with them at the next, the next rest stop, right? And so I've got a picture of this sunset. Um, it's even, wow, that's even cooler with the lyrics, or the text over it. But, uh, <laughs> um, but in the sunset, um, this completely blew my mind. Like seeing something like this was just incredibly challenging. And, and I gotta tell you that my first immediate reaction to seeing something like this wasn't to say, man, that's a really cool sunset. It's really cool that all this happened accidentally. <laughs> like I saw this sunset and I go, thank you, God. Like how incredible are your works? How great is your creation? God, thank you that you would even care for me when, you, when you're managing and, 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 and this is nothing. This happens every day. This happens every day. But my response to God was actually to take, take a picture, and that was my act of worship to God. See, the reality is that worship is a response to God. And I think that there's multiple ways that we can respond to him. First of all, we can respond with our voice. Uh, Colossians 3, 16, 17 says this, let the message about Christ and all of his richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. We respond with our voices because uh, we can teach one another, we can counsel one another, right? Um, hey, I hate to tell you this, uh, if you don't like singing, but there, there is a part in here about singing, right? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I gotta tell you, if you look throughout the, the whole course of, of scripture, singing is a, 
big piece of it, right? Like it's, it's, it's a very proper response. And so even, even if you are self-conscious about your voice, right? Sing. We run the music loud enough, it's okay. Like no one, your neighbor's not gonna hear you. It's okay, right? That's part of the reason why we run it at that point, right? But your neighbor's not gonna hear you. Like sing and worship God, right? We can respond with our work. Colossians 3.23 says this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. You know, when we do things with excellence and we, when, we, when we look at our workday and we, and we do things ethically, that is an act of worship. If we, motivate, if we aim our heart in a way that we want to give glory and give honor to God, then our work can become an act of worship, right? And this is probably the most important one is that we can respond with our lives. Romans 12, one says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform, I love that word, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn, how, then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. And that's Romans 12.1. Worship is so much greater than just singing, even though that doesn't, like I said, it doesn't make you exempt from singing, right? <laughs> and I know that for myself that my parenting can be worship. It can be an act of worship. But I want to give God the glory for, for parenting my kids well, right? That, that can be an act of worship. Um, now, there's a lot of different ways that we can talk about how, now that we've defined prayer, now that we've defined worship, I mean, honestly, we could be here for a while defining how these things are similar. And if I was really cool, I'd have a whiteboard here with a Venn diagram. Anyone into Venn diagrams, right? I love Venn diagrams. I see that hand in the back. Yeah, that's what's up. All right, so we could have a Venn diagram with prayer, and we could have a Venn diagram with worship, right? We have this overlapping space. But the reality is, is that you guys don't want to be here all day, and that's okay. I get it. <laughs> I get it. And so I want to focus in on one way in which prayer and worship um, are similar. And are you ready for it? This is, this is, you get a one-point sermon. How amazing is that? You're welcome, right? One-point sermon. So this is how prayer and worship are similar. Prayer and worship are how we practice being in the presence of God. Prayer and worship are how we practice being in the presence of God. I'm going to cite a lot of different scripture passages here, and you're more than welcome to write them down. Psalm 139, verse 7, uh, tells us that we can never escape God's presence. No matter where we go, God is there, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 19, tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. By the way, that, that's mind-blowing, that our bodies, that we are literally the temple of of the Holy Spirit, like it, it, that, right? <laughs> For Christians, that means that God lives inside each and every Christian. And even though we always are in the presence of God, something changes when we are intentional about practicing being in his presence. The author of Hebrews writes this, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in, in time, in time of need. That's Hebrews 4.16. His point is that because of Christ's sacrifice, we have direct access to the presence of God. And prayer and worship allows us to be intentional 
about that access to God. I've got this uh, nifty difty, uh, nifty difty, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> there we are, I don't even know how to get, go around that, but I have this nifty watch, right? It's an Apple watch, it, it loves to be bossy and tell me things all the time. Um, even when I turn off notifications, it still feels pretty committed to trying to tell me how I should run my life. Um, but there's this, there's this thing that happens, uh, and it's, they, they, it used to be called breathing, and it would like remind you, it's like, hey, hey, have you thought about breathing? Like, it's important for you, right? Now, now, now it's called mindfulness, right? So it's, it's rebranded and super cool. But my watch will tell me if, if I'm in the middle of something and I'm not breathing correctly, it goes, hey, have you thought about breathing? It's, it's an important thing, right? Now, the reality is that I breathe all the time, right? Because I'm here. <laughs> hey, right? <laughs> my kids are rolling their eyes like dad jokes. Oh, you know, but, but I breathe all the time because I'm here, right? So my watch reminding me to breathe, why is that important? Well, there can be something beneficial about sitting down and actually intentionally breathing, right? Like taking the time to, to say, hey, you know what? Your, your heart rate seems to be pretty high. It'd probably be good for you to stop and breathe for a little bit, right? That is what prayer and worship is. It's the even though we're always in the presence of God, prayer and worship become this mechanism where we have intentionality in how we approach God. And, and the Bible tells us that we can go in boldly to the throne room of God, right? I, the, the reality is I think that if every Christian held this understanding of prayer and worship, I really wonder what the effects of things would be. Like even this gathering right now, like if we truly understood that, that the king is amongst us, right? Like the king is present. Like how would that change how we just go about things. Like, how would it change if we knew that, and because by the way, it is, if every prayer that we prayed was directly in the throne room of the creator of the universe, I think that how we pray for our meals would maybe look different, right? I think that how we engage in worship would look different. I, I, I gotta tell you, and this is, this is potentially offensive, all right, so sorry. Here's my apology on the front end, right? Um, and if there needs to be an apology on the back end, it's okay, right? Do you think that possibly that if we realized that we had the king amongst us when we're engaging in corporate worship, I just don't know. I don't know if it's appropriate to be like holding a coffee cup while we're doing this thing, right? Maybe it is. Maybe that's an appropriate response. Maybe it's not. But our body language changes when we know in our heart that our king is here, the creator of the universe, that, we're, that that's who we're singing to, that's who we're celebrating. And I'm not saying that there are some traditions that make all this incredibly rigid, and that's not what I'm saying, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not promoting that sort of thing. But I think that for someone who has a relationship with God, there's a, there's a reverence that happens in their heart. They understand that, that, when, that I have this privilege to engage God in this way. And so that changes how I go about things. That changes like what I'm thinking about. It changes how I, how I respond to God, right? You know, something I've noticed over the years is that when someone has an active relationship with God, it doesn't take long for them to find a way to thank God in their conversations. Like, have you, I mean, I have tons of examples in my brain, but people that, that like have a, active relationship with God. I mean, you're like three sentences in and they start talking about like, well, you know, like I just wanna thank God for da 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 da, right? 
it's the genuine outpouring, it's the genuine response of a heart that is in relationship with God. If you think about like a, a young mom or dad with their, with their firstborn kid, I mean, the same thing happens. They, like, you start talking to them, and then within like three sentences, they're talking about their kid, right, because of that relationship there. I think that our conversation patterns are a good indicator of what our relationship with God looks like. So this is the thing. Um, I think most people forget that they're in the presence of God. And the reality is that we're always in the presence of God. But I think most people forget that the, the ability that we have to intentionally step in to the presence of God with prayer and worship. You know, it doesn't have to be incredibly complicated. It doesn't have to be just limited to like this quiet time in the morning or a quiet time in the evening. It can be this very real relationship of driving down the road and seeing a sunrise and responding. God, thank you. Like, thank you that you woke me up today to be able to see this, right? God, I, I've got questions about this thing. God, can you give me wisdom? Can you put people in my life that would, like, help me in trying to understand this thing? But this ongoing, active relationship with God, I think people forget because they don't fully, fully remember that God is near and he's here. Um, I'm gonna call the band up real quick. You know, I, I think that um, it would be, we'd be remiss if we talked about prayer and we talked about worship and we did nothing with it. I'm, I'm a very action-oriented person, and so, like, when, when I hear information, I, w- I want to take action. I think that's actually what's, what's super important. And the reality is that the idea of prayer and worship may feel like this overwhelming hurdle for you to jump over, this overwhelming mountain. Or you may, you may say, you know what? I mean, there's some people that are like enthusiastic and I'm just not that guy. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about enthusiasm. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. What I'm talking about is how to engage an intentional relationship with God, with your creator. And I want to kind of give you guys just a quick way, like if you're trying to figure out how to, I guess, grow in this area, I'm going to give you guys kind of a quick list of things that you could do to help grow in this area, all right? First thing, make a list of ways that you can thank God and then simply just take the time to thank him. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, maybe if, you, if you're trying to figure out like, how do I engage in prayer? <laughs> Gratefulness is a great way to engage in prayer. God, thank you for waking me up. Thank you for giving me breath. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you for your protection, right? Just rattle off things, write those things down, and at the end of it, just say, God, thank you, right? I promise you, if you start engaging with God in that way, it's going to change your life if you've never done that kind of thing, right? Second, when you, this is really simple, but when you see something that's praiseworthy, stop and praise God for it. Don't let a sunset or a sunrise or something amazing go by and not give God the glory for it, Right? You see something as simple, I mean, I, I've been walking, I mean, you, 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 talk, you hear these phrases like stopping and smelling the roses, right? I mean, have you ever stopped and looked at a plant and said, Lord, like, like the amount of detail that you put here for people to walk by completely ignoring, God, thank you. Thank you that you care, that you would want to have a relationship with me. So if you see something praiseworthy, well, simply put, just 
Praise God for it, right? And then my third challenge, um, and it's not, it's not that crazy, but my third challenge is, even if you don't enjoy praying or singing, participate. Listen, I promise that, that the Lord, God's crazy about you. He cares tremendously about you. And I promise you that if you start cultivating these, these disciplines, these rhythms in your life, that even though it may be awkward at first, these things are gonna grow in you. And so maybe the, the next baby step is just taking time to thank God. Maybe the next baby step is just engaging in corporate worship by just singing, right? In a quiet way, that's okay. I promise you that as the Lord starts doing, as you start responding to God, I promise you that he'll start doing something in you. Um, we're gonna actually take a little bit of time right now um, to stop and pray. And we're going to take this time just to, I don't, I don't know when the last time it was that you, you had a, an uninterrupted time to be able to pray with God, but we're gonna take that time right now. We're gonna pray and then we're gonna respond in worship to close us out, right? Um, let's pray. God, we thank you for, we thank you for it all. God, I thank you that you woke me up this morning, that you gave me breath, that God, that I am not absent of purpose, but that you've made the steps in my life and our lives clear. God, we thank you that you would want to be in relationship with us. There are so many humans on this earth and God, you care for each and every one of us. God, we thank you for that. God, I thank you that I was able to come to church today that I was able to be a part of a community that, that is loving, that is caring, that is smiling, that, that God, that I came in and I was encouraged by people. God, we thank you for that. God, I thank you today that we even had the, the opportunity to gather without a government being oppressive towards us, that we had the freedom to be able to boldly proclaim your name and that we're not worried about our lives and that God I do pray for other brothers and sisters all over the world that, that are in persecuted areas that God that you'd be able to increase their faith that you'd give them strength as they pursue you God I thank you for your protection in my life and all of our lives God, there's been so many times in which I could have made a wrong choice. And there's been many times that I have made wrong choices. And God, your, your grace is greater than I can comprehend. And the fact that you constantly pull me back onto the right path, that you would even care that much. God, I thank you. I stop and I thank you for that. God, I thank you for community. I thank you for the body of Christ and that I'm not having to do this whole life 
thing on my own. I have brothers and sisters that are there with me, encouraging me. God, we thank you for who you are, that when I think about creation, when I think about just all the, all the majesty and all the details of all the different things that you've created, God, it, it fills my heart that you would even want to have a relationship with me. So God, we thank you for that. Lord, we love you. We honor you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.